1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tree fence. Tree fence. And make no mistake, if Stanford football is going to rise and rebound next season, I think the defense is going to have to lead the way to Stanford's return in 2020. That's what we're discussing on this week's edition of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity, presented by the Believe Podcast Network. Glad to have you with us. It is Wednesday, June 10th, 2020. Hope we can do whatever we can to make your day better. Hope that you are doing what you need to do to stay healthy and to uh, treat others with the respect the rights afforded to them as United States citizens. Glad you're with us here. and We're going to be talking a lot about the Stanford football defense. And no, better, no one better to do that with than our special guest for this week's program, the Willie Shaw Director of Defense. I love how Stanford has uh, their coordinators uh, named in endowment. That's pretty cool. Lance Anderson is our special guest for this week. Looking forward to Talking all things Stanford defense with him getting his initial thoughts on on some things that he was able to see. I mean, Stanford was able to hit the field a couple of times before everything shut down. So looking forward to getting uh, Coach Anderson's thoughts on that. What's on Paul Snadibo's plate in the season ahead. What Thomas Booker can do. And some of the other guys that he'll be looking to help lead the way as Stanford uh, tries to get back uh, in the swing of things next season. So Lance Anderson coming up a bit later on in the show, plus three things you need to know around Stanford football. Glad you're with us. It's the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. Hey, I'm Troy. How about that? <laughs> Funny how that works, isn't it? Glad that you are here with us. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Troy Clarity. Last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y, at Troy Clarity. Uh, you've got thoughts on the show. Hashtag TreeCast via Twitter is the best way to ensure that I see them. And look, we've been getting some some, some great reviews, great ratings. Certainly appreciate that. Um, If you haven't rated or reviewed the show yet, most likely via Apple Podcast wherever you listen to this show from, I highly suggest that you do so and be honest. Hey, if you love the show, awesome. Tell everyone about it. If you don't like the show, hey, that's cool. Tell me about it. Let me know what I can do to uh, help make the show better in your mind. But uh, I like how we've gone so far the first couple of months with the Believe Podcast Network and looking forward to uh, finding ways to continue that upward trend in the weeks and months ahead until we kick this thing off for real, hopefully on time, and hopefully things finish on time as well. By the way, if you've missed any of our previous uh, episodes, uh, check out The Vault. Uh, great interviews last week. It was a great chance to chat with, uh, Stuart Mandel of the athletic, but we've had David Shaw on. We've had Senator Cory Booker on, uh, Troy Walters, Brevin Knight, Mark Madsen, uh, Kyle Peterson, the former Stanford all-American pitcher who is now doing great things for ESPN. Uh, so many great interviews that we've had a chance to have uh, over the past uh, few weeks. And so if you missed any of them, check them out. I highly suggest you do so. Let's begin, as we normally do, with three things you need to know around Stanford Athletics. With three things, you got to start somewhere, and we always start with number one. And we're still waiting for official word on when Stanford student-athletes can return to campus for voluntary workouts, and on a voluntary basis, other schools around the country have um, already kind of semi-opened things up a little bit. That has not been the case, certainly not in PAC-12 country, where uh, the uh, abatement uh, issues and the abatement measures uh, towards uh, COVID-19 have been, let's face it, more serious and more stringent than it has been in many other areas of the country. Uh, So we still don't know when that is going to be allowed. And it's not just the school's call. It's not just the conference's call. It's also the county's call um, as well. There's no indication on when um, when those things are going to uh, turn around. But we do know officially what the fall quarter academically will look like. We talked about this possibility last week. Well, now it's official. Uh, Stanford's fall quarter will start September the 14th. That is one week early, and they're going to have the final day of classes on November the 20th, the day before big game at Cal. Final day of classes, November the 20th, and uh, finals will be taken remotely uh, after the Thanksgiving break, uh, they're going to offer some in uh, some in-campus uh, on-campus classes, but it seems as of this point that much, if not most, of the learning will still be done online. Obviously, not all of the pieces of the puzzle are in just yet, and um, the, the 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 timeline really from the beginning of this whole thing uh, was to make the decisions. And to solidify those that they needed to make uh, sometime in the month of June. And it looks like that timeline um, is holding up to this point. So, still no word on whether, on, on when uh, the uh, student athletes can uh, come back on campus. But uh, the fall quarter appears to be taking more and more shape as we go along. Let's get to thing number. Wait, what? what? Am, I, am I reading this right? Seriously? Cardinal football games? a player in the grad transfer portal usually it's the other way around they actually got one wow okay all right i'll take it and run with it uh yes it's true stanford football actually picking up a player in the uh, grad transfer portal uh quarterback isaiah sanders from the air force academy originally from aurora colorado in the denver suburbs Sanders graduated from the Academy with a degree in systems engineering. And as a quarterback, he uh, made six starts uh, for the Falcons and accounted for 13 touchdowns along the way. Great kid off the field uh, as well. Finalist for the Jason Witten man of the year last year, and also uh, was in the mix for the Campbell trophy, which uh, Casey Tuhill was nominated for the last season. A couple of neat little notes on, on Sanders as it pertains to uh, Stanford football, uh, He's just the second graduate transfer gained in Cardinal history. The other one, Brennan Scarlett in 2015, who came to Stanford from Cal. And later on, by the end of the season, became the first player to play for Cal and in a Rose Bowl in, what, 60 years That that, that trend is still going as of now. But Brennan Scarlett, uh, the only other grad transfer in Stanford history until Isaiah Sanders uh, signed last week. And also, this is pretty cool. Sanders' jersey number for Stanford? Zero. He will be the first Stanford player in history to wear number zero. The NCAA uh, legalizing the, the jersey number zero in college football um, earlier this spring. So a couple of neat notes that uh, Isaiah Sanders brings to him, uh, brings with him rather from the Air Force Academy. So congratulations to uh, that young man and to the Stanford football program. Let's wrap it up with thing number three. <laughs> the preseason watch lists are already coming out even if we're not sure if the season's going to get off on time. But still, hey, why stop the preseason hype? Paulson Adebo, Stanford cornerback, is on the Lot Impact Trophy preseason watch list. Adebo, slow start last year, missed uh, the final couple games of the season in 2019 as well, but still uh, led the Pac-12 in passes defense per game and interceptions per game, and has won uh, first-team All-Pac-12, twice so far in his terrific career he's already gaining notice uh, for the 2021 nfl draft the lot impact trophy goes to the defensive player with the biggest impact on the team on and off the field and impact is stylized in all capital letters as it stands for integrity maturity performance academics community, and tenacity. So congratulations to Paulson and Debo for landing on the Lot Impact Trophy preseason watch list. What can we expect from him on the field? What's Lance Anderson expecting from Paulson on the field? Coach Anderson will tell us just that in a few minutes. Those are three things. It's interesting seeing some of the, the preseason uh, watch lists already coming out. And Stanford hasn't even had graduation ceremonies yet to wrap up the uh, 2019-2020 academic year. And I wasn't aware of this un- until, I, until I looked at it. The Athlon preseason All-Pac-12 first team was also named. And one of the young men on that list, for Stanford anyway, Drew Dahlman, the Sanford Center. And I'm really not sure that there is a more under the radar player on this Stanford football squad. A guy who doesn't get a lot of press, you know, doesn't get a lot of notice outside the program, but really held things down and is just an absolute glue factor. And oh, by the way, um, had a pretty good season last year, especially when you consider what that offensive line looked like when it took its first snap of the season against Northwestern in Week 1, and what it eventually looked like at the very end of it all against Notre Dame in late November, and all the different mutations that the offensive line took along the way due to injury. Walker Little, out. Foster Sorrell, banged up and moving around. True freshmen, guys who in some cases hadn't even been to a classroom yet at Stanford all of a sudden being thrust into playing action, significant playing action for the Cardinal. So around all, all this chaos, all this all these new faces, and all this uncertainty along other areas of the Stanford offensive line, Cardinal counted on Drew Dahlman in a big-time way. He was the stabilizing force um, along an offensive line that Really? I mean, look, no. Did they look like the Tunnel Workers Union? Were they just blasting dudes left and right, uh, flying off the ball and driving back defensive lines uh, into the secondary? No, but they also played, I think, better than you would have thought if you had looked at what that Stanford offensive line was putting out there personnel-wise and... If you, if you put that list out there before the season, you would have gone, oh, my God, what is going on? Things can't be going that well. Well, good things have gone better for the offensive line? Yes, but still better than I think a lot of people would have expected given all the chaos that was uh, surrounding uh, the offensive line from a personnel standpoint. And Drew Dahlman, look, David Shaw shouted him out every single week, and I'm still not sure that that was enough notice. that that Dahlman got uh, for what he was able to do last year when that offensive line was being pasted together and true freshmen were replacing veterans uh, there was just pretty much you know one spot you could count on in Penn every single week uh, to really help keep things going and that was Drew Dahlman so good to see him getting some getting some run on some preseason watch lists as well and he could very well be one of the key players. I mean, look, Davis Mills is going to get a lot of notice, as he should. He's a quarterback. Love the wide receivers. Connor Weddington. Good things he's doing off the field, too. And that's been a, that's been a recurring thing with him uh, for the last couple of years uh, or so. Uh, Michael Wilson. He balled out many times last year. Like the running backs as well. But the guy who really could be the unsung guy that, that no one's really, that, 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 that's a little bit overlooked, that no one's really talking about as perhaps having a true breakout season this year, is Drew Dahlman. You know, par for the course for the most part, especially with interior linemen. You know, tackles get a, lot of, get a lot of glory, as they should. That's a pretty important gig. Stanford will have that this year with Walker Little, Foster Sorrell. Uh, we'll probably get some run as well. Walter Rouse, looking to see uh, where he pops up. Uh, what mix he's in in the offensive line, too. But Drew Dahlman, good to see him get some getting some love on uh, some preseason award watch lists. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. And he is going to be counted on heavily, heavily in the season ahead. Live sports coming back slowly but surely. But you don't necessarily need live sports to check out betonline.ag. NASCAR is back. You you, you got that. And, of course, they've got the online casino with poker and blackjack as well. UFC is in the mix, too. So hit betonline.ag, use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag. Use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Stanford football, as mentioned at the top of the show, looking to rise and rebound from a disappointing 2019 season. And I think offensively, Stanford has a lot of the tools necessary to achieve that. What about on the defensive side of the ball? An interesting mix of experience and talent, yet there are still some question marks out there, with some spots having... Various degrees of of depth and experience there. For more on that, let us chat with our special guest on this week's episode of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. Always a pleasure to chat with him. He's entering his seventh season as the Willie Shaw Director of Defense. And in his 14th season overall on the staff for Stanford football and an all-around good dude, the defensive coordinator for stanford football lance anderson our guest on this week's tree cast coach thanks a bunch always appreciate the time how you doing today
0: i'm doing great it's uh, great to be with you troy
1: yeah you bet always appreciate you taking time out and, uh, and chatting with us here and, and let, let's talk football on field stuff here and Stanford was a bit lucky in the fact that they were one of the few teams in the Pac-12 that were able to get actually on the field, maybe get out there a couple of times and and, and see some things. What initial impressions did you come away with defensively from what Stanford was able to accomplish during the spring?
0: Well, the great thing in those seven practices, we were able to get a lot of our base defenses in, uh, You know the things that we will play the most of and get some, some good reps with those. The other good thing was there were a number of young guys who were able to get some reps this spring. Uh, you know, maybe guys who didn't play a lot last year, or guys coming off of injury, and it was great to see that. Uh, not, I mean, guys like uh, Nick Toomer in the secondary that missed a lot of fall camp, but uh, you know, did did a nice job this spring. Um, you know, Stephen Heron that missed really all of fall camp, and then you know played a little bit last year, but had some very valuable reps this spring. Uh, Josh Picola on the defensive line. Uh, We had Ricky A's on back this spring. Uh, So uh, those were some of the real positives in those uh, seven practices that we had.
1: Yeah, kind of along those lines, uh, when freshmen get playing time, and especially when they get significant playing time, uh, how much of a difference does that potentially make when they become sophomores and when they not only have that playing time underneath them, but also an off-season's worth of, a strain, of a strength and training and conditioning as well? How much of a leg up uh, does that potentially give them as sophomores if they didn't have that playing time and experience? You know,
0: it, it's it's big because there's, there's no substitute for actually playing. Uh, for those guys to get out there, get their feet wet, to really get a taste of what it's like and then, you know, what it requires. So guys that played, you know, a good amount this year, Caillou Kelly are going to benefit, I think, immensely from all the reps that they received last year. I, I think it just you know, it sets up your whole off season, understanding, you know, what you need to do to prepare, what you need to do better, things you need to improve on. So I think that that playing time is, is very valuable. Even guys that maybe just have a little bit of playing time, like the Stephen Herons, Josh McCollas, um, Ricky Maison, um, Jonathan Mangum Ferrar. It just it it gives them that taste of okay, what it's like, what is what's gonna be required, what I need to be ready to do. And I think that that helps structure their whole their whole off season and approach.
1: Yeah, the good news is you got a chance to see a lot of players throughout the course of last season. The not so good news is that that was mostly due to injuries, which were the main subplot for the entire team for Stanford this past fall. Uh, wiped out the depth at the inside linebacker unit and, and really started to affect things uh, in the secondary towards the end of the season. Uh, how much did or did, how, how did all the injuries or how much more difficult potentially did all of the injuries make it to to assess what the defense was truly able to accomplish last season? It, it certainly
0: did affect things, uh, you know, where there were a lot of really talented guys who were not available to us, uh, you know, for significant portions of time last year. But also that meant some other guys had to play maybe more and have bigger roles and maybe what they were ready for. And it's just uh, you know we had a lot of injuries at the outside linebacker position and you know unfortunately like guys like Casey Tuhill and Gabe Reed had to take all those reps there you know rather than be able to spread them out to you know guys like Jordan Fox and Andreas Fox and things like that same thing with the inside linebacker position and if you can roll more guys through keep guys you know fresh and ready to play that really applies up front on the defensive line you know continually rotating guys through and then uh you know, builds that that competition and that sense of competition uh, as well. So, uh,
1: yeah, certain, certainly the injuries did a, did
0: affect things uh, last year.
1: Paulson Adebo coming into this year already getting some notice on some preseason uh, watch lists as far as guys to keep in mind as as, as we get closer and closer to next season. Uh, what sort of things are on his plate in your estimation uh, coming into next season?
0: Yeah, Paulson's another guy that we missed, you know, down the stretch uh, last year that that maybe started out, I mean, there were such high expectations for Paulson last year, maybe started the year out a little bit slow, but then before being injured, I I thought he was back, you know, in Paulson Debo form and really playing at a a high level. And so the expectations this year are very high for him. Uh, You know, Paulson still had an opportunity that he could have gone to the draft, but decided he wanted to come back for another year to be even more prepared. And I think for Paulson, it's, it's zero, zeroing in on a lot of the little things, uh, you know, technique things, finishing plays, tackling better, playing more physical. Um, he's got a lot of ability. He can really run. He's got length. And now it's just a matter of doing some of those little things uh, even better.
1: And I'm sure he's going to have a lot of help in the secondary as well between himself and Caillou Blue Kelly, Jonathan McGill. I thought really made uh, seem to make some big strides last year. Uh, who were some of the others in the secondary that you're going to be counting on next season? Yeah, those, are, those are some
0: great guys that you mentioned there. In addition to those names, um, you know, there there were stretches last year where, where Stuart Head and Kendall Williamson both played very well. You know, they both struggled with some injuries at times. So that's why just that group, we've got to keep healthy and, uh, those were two guys, you mentioned the spring in the beginning. I thought Kendall Williamson and Stuart Head were both off to a great start this spring and were playing really well, uh, probably more consistent than they have been at any other point. And uh, that was uh, you know, very very encouraging to see that as well. Um, I think there's gonna continue to be competition at that, that corner position. Some of the guys you mentioned, um, but guys like Ethan Bonner, uh, mentioned uh, uh, Nick Toomer at the beginning Salim uh, Turner Muhammad I mean there's just there's a number of guys there I think that, that can compete and give us some depth at both the both the safety and corner positions.
1: This might be kind of a, a wild thought here and if it is feel free to shoot it down but I, and I've always long thought that you know games are won and lost up front in the trenches on both sides of the ball but in this day and age of, of, of offensive football, the way that offensive schemes uh, stress getting the ball out quickly, getting the ball to your receivers in space and making forcing your guys to tackle and some of the other things that, that we seem to see offensively on the collegiate level in this day and age, is, is it possible that we've reached a point where defenses need to be built more from back to front than the other way around?
0: That, that's a great point that you, that you make there, Troy, because so many offenses are changing. Um, and I, I fully agree with what you said initially, and that, that's kind of been our philosophy at Stanford is that things start up front in the trenches. That's why the years that we've been very best, we've been pretty dominant on the offensive line and on, on the defensive line. Um, and I, I still think that is, that is a great starting point. And if you're good at those positions, you have a chance to be really good on, on both sides of the ball. But you got a very good point as well. There are a lot of offenses right now with all the spread, getting the ball out quick, trying to maybe negate um, maybe the effect of the offensive line and defensive line where they're just trying to get the ball in the perimeter, let guys, you know, make plays, uh, try to get guys in the secondary to tackle. So I believe also on, on defense, that is I – mean, you, you can argue what's the most important, D-line or, or DBs, but I think those two are pretty interchangeable you've got to be strong at both those positions. We talk so much about how rush and coverage fit together. Um, to be a good defense, those are both positions that you've got to be really strong at. And, I mean, to your point again, with so many spread offenses, putting so many skill guys, so many receivers on the field, you've got to have a number of talented DBs to match up with those guys. You've got to be able to put speed on the field to be able to, to match those guys. So it's a, it's a great point.
1: Strength and uh, size and speed at inside linebacker, I'm sure, are also key as well. And when the tree fence has been at its best, it's had guys like like Blake Martinez and, and Shane Scove running around out there uh, from that spot um, and making plays. Uh, what's your initial uh, assessment of things at the inside linebacker spot heading into this fall and how critical are those guys going to be uh, next season for Stanford? Yeah, that's, that's uh, an important group for us also. Uh, and like you
0: mentioned, there are a lot of guys who physically really fit the mold of what you're looking for. They're kind of in that mold of the Blake Martinez, the the Shane Scove, those guys who've really played at a high level. I mean, physically, you look at like Ricky Myers on, um, you know, <laughs> Mangum Ferrar, uh, Curtis Robinson. I mean, there are some guys. I mean, Lavani Demouy. There are some guys who physically really fit what we're what we're looking for there. Um, and it's just a matter of keeping those guys healthy and getting those guys experienced. I think Curtis Robinson being at the position for a second year will really help. Um, he's got a lot of physical tools. I, I could say the same, same thing about the other guys, because even though they've been at inside linebacker their entire career, they're still very young guys. The time they've missed with injuries definitely affects them. So, I mean, the stay, staying healthy and getting consistent reps uh, will de- definitely benefit those guys. Another name I've got to mention to that position is uh, Tristan Sinclair. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit undersized compared to some of those guys, but you know I think he's continuing to work to get bigger, to get stronger. But boy, he's got some great instincts, and he flashed at times last year. And he did the same thing in those first seven practices, really flashed. And uh, one of the things we've been able to do since that time is we're having regular Zoom meetings with the players, where we continually you know review calls and teach you know so many different concepts and uh things and it's it's just it's great to see like especially guys like i just bring tristan up for example because he is so engaged in those meetings so many great questions i mean so zeroed in on learning all the little details um I mean, yes we miss you know having our guys on the field and that but these these zoom meetings have been productive and it's just you know just fun seeing how a lot of these guys you know respond and the questions they have and how engaged they are and how how, how strongly they desire to, to learn more and to really be Like I said, zeroed in and detailed about their positions.
1: Yeah, Zoom has changed all of our lives, and I'll get your further thoughts on that uh, coming up a bit uh, later on in the chat. Uh, let's go up front, finish up there. Thomas Booker, I love watching him play, and I cannot wait to see what he can bring uh, this upcoming season. And uh, based on, based on some of his off-field I'll probably working for him before it's all said and done one of these days. Uh, what are you expecting from him? And uh, you mentioned Josh Pocola and a few other guys up front. What's on their plate coming up?
0: Um, you mentioned Thomas Booker to start with, and he is an impressive kid, both on the field and and off the field. You know, he he is definitely a Stanford kid, and we're we're lucky to have him uh, part of our program. You know, he's a guy. When you go back and you watch all the film from last year, you even appreciate more the kind of player he is. I mean, he uh, he did some really good things last year, and he's getting better all the time. Uh, this spring, you know, he was right around the three hundred pound. Point and you know, was moving and playing you know, probably faster and better than he has at any other point in his career. So he's a guy that we are very excited about. I think he's got a chance to be really special. Um, we may not have a lot of depth on the defensive line, but it's a group that I feel really good about, again, if we can keep everybody healthy. Um, I, I think Dalen Wade Perry has a lot of potential. Um, very good feet, moves very well for a big guy. You just need more consistency out of him, but uh, you know, like like what he brings to the table. Um, I mean, again, I'm very excited about Josh Picola. Boy, he's gotten so much bigger since he arrived on campus, and he's a great fit in that defensive line room. And he really brings some pass rush ability, some athleticism uh, to that position, and, you know, some explosiveness, some suddenness. So uh, I, I think he will he will play a big role for us. Um, I was very pleased last year, like Tomas Schauffer, Sure, he struggled through a few injuries like other guys, but he was probably more healthy last year than he has been at any other point in his Stanford career, and it showed last year. He did some really positive things. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, showed flashes of what he can do if he's, he's fully healthy. So, uh, very excited about him as well. Um, you know, R- Ryan Johnson has, you know, struggled with injuries early in his career, but I think he's gone like the longest stretch right now of staying injury-free, and it's starting to pay off as well. It's just showing that he's getting more consistent getting a better understanding and feel for the position and I I think he's another guy that can potentially help us.
1: Pac-12 has long been an offensive minded league you think of you think of the Pac-12 you think of West Coast football you think of offense and college football the rules seem to be tilting more and more towards the offense as we go along. Uh, how does that kind of make your job as not just a defensive coordinator but a defensive coordinator in the Pac12 which just seems to churn out skill guys just in an alarming rate uh in, in, into the pros every single year how much more how many more challenges does that throw uh at, at you as a defensive coordinator in a high powered offensive league such as the Pac12 it, it is
0: certainly challenging there's there's no doubt about that but that that's one of the fun things about playing in the Pac12 is you're going to play against great skilled players. There've been, a, you know, history and tradition of great quarterbacks in the league. Um, like you just said, overall, just some some explosive offenses. So it's it's it is a big challenge, but it, it's a fun challenge. And I mean, I really love what we do on defense. I, I love our scheme. I love the versatility that we have, and I, I love the way our roster is made up right now. And again, if we can keep guys healthy and keep developing guys, you know, I, I feel like we will be up to the challenge. And I. I feel like we will we will bounce back with a strong year defensively. So I, I'm excited to get you know back on the field, excited to get started, excited to see what this group of guys can do.
1: Yeah, any any initial indication once you guys get the green light, I'm sure there are some things at the county level, at the state level as well, uh, as as far as allowing guys to come back voluntarily at the very least. A- any initial indication on what that process is going to look like once guys are allowed to come back on campus?
0: Um, you know, we keep getting updates uh, you know, all the time of that they're working towards things. Just still we don't have a definite date on anything. But I think, you know, what I felt the last few weeks, probably more so than any other time, you know, this spring and early summer, is I think there's more optimism that, that we are going to be back. We're gonna get a full training camp. There's gonna be football in the fall. So exactly how that's gonna to look to start with. Yes, we know it beginning is gonna be slow. There'll be small groups. There's got to be a lot of mass testing and make make sure that, you know, guys aren't testing positive. If they do, there's a place to quarantine guys. And then, uh, you know, a way to ease into football where there are going to be some walkthroughs. There's going to be some more meetings, definite time, you know, allotted for strength and conditioning. But we hope there's enough time to build up for that. So by the time we get to, you know, late July, early August, that we will be able to start training camp on time and have a full training camp. So I know that's our... That's our goal right now, and we feel pretty optimistic about it.
1: Yeah, it, to, to to call the last three months remarkable is probably a massive understatement. Uh, just just from I'm sure from a work standpoint and a life standpoint for you as well. How how have the last three how have the last three months been for you since uh, since everything started to shut down? Uh, you
0: put it well. I mean, remarkable is one way to put it. It's just it's so different, and uh, at, at first it was hard to get used to. But I I think now we've gotten into a little bit of a routine. I think what we've discovered is that uh, we can do most things remotely uh, with Zoom. I mean, it's such a useful tool where we're able to have full staff meetings. We're able to have defensive staff meetings. We're able to watch film together. We're able to discuss recruiting. We're able to share evaluations back and forth on on email and then get into a Zoom meeting. Um, So uh, we found a way to be really productive but I think Zoom meetings with the players have been, uh, you know, fantastic. Uh, it's been, been really great to have that extra time with them. You know, normally a big stretch of this time after spring, we would have been out on the road recruiting and we wouldn't have seen the players for, you know, maybe four, six weeks, something like that. Well, now we've been able to have Zoom meetings with them every week, which has been nice. Um, it definitely was different this spring, not going on the road recruiting. And uh, there were some things there that you just, you can't replace. Like if there are some guys that, well, we really need to eyeball this guy. How big is he right now? How well does he move? Can he get to be big enough to be an O lineman or a D lineman, or you know, is he the right size and length to play outside linebacker? Sometimes you just can't see that stuff on on film, and so we're quizzing a lot of high school coaches over and over about those things. But it's still not the same as uh, as going out and doing that in person. But again, we're finding ways to ways to still you know be productive and ways to still recruit and accomplish the things that we need to do
1: yeah modern technology is a wonderful, wonderful thing, especially when it works. It can do uh, great things. a um, c- couple last things uh, here for you. I- I'd be remiss if-, if I didn't get you know, at least some thoughts from you on what we've seen, what you make what, what you've made um, of the last week um, in this country and Stanford's uh, reaction to it as a team and as an athletic department as well, and, and how much of the the college football world. Um, has reacted to it all um, as well. What 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 do you make of it all the past week? You know the the, the first
0: thing is it's just it's just sad that uh, you know in the year twenty twenty we still have such an issue with uh, you know with racism uh, you know some of the social injustice things like that. It's just sad and uh, it, uh, it it just shows that more needs to be done and. Uh, you know, I think I think the protests are great to bring light to everything that's going on, but the most important thing is that we need to follow with action. And uh, you know, probably the first thing is is going out and then people voting, finding those people who who stand for the things that we each individually believe in and who will bring the change, the needed change that we need. Um, but I think that's the most important thing: is that it's there needs to be change that goes goes along with with all of this. Um,
1: well said. Well said. All right, let's wrap up on this. Um, is there one specific key? And I'm sure it's saying healthy. <laughs> I'm sure that, that that's thing number one, especially given how things went last year. But is is there one specific department, one specific number, one specific area that you are pointing to more than any other and saying, hey, if we are going to do what we need to do in this upcoming season, the defense needs to do this. What is that one thing?
0: Okay. Now, yes, you, you stole my answer. We have to stay healthy. Cause I, I look, <laughs> that's my initial answer. You look through each position you feel good about the initial depth and in some positions you feel really good about, you know, a lot of guys in the depth, but you have to stay healthy. You talked about the talent in the pack 12 and to go against guys that are that talented, you need your best guys available. So we have got to stay healthy. But besides that, We have to be more physical defensively. Um, I mentioned before how important rush and coverage are and those things go together. We need to see that, like we need pass rush. We need guys to be able to finish more pass rushes. We just can't get in position. We have to finish rushes. And then same thing in in the secondary. We need to be sound in our coverage. We need to make plays on the ball. When there are opportunities to take the ball away with interceptions, those things change games. We need to do that when we have opportunities to get our hands on the football, those are things that uh, that we've got to do.
1: Yeah, tree fence. I always love that uh, chant from the students when that crops up. Can't wait to see the Stanford defense at work once again. And the man leading the charge will be upstairs calling all the shots. He is the Willie Shaw Director of Defense, Lance Anderson. Coach, thanks a bunch. Always appreciate the time. Best of luck. Can't wait to cross paths with you again soon. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so
0: much, Troy. Sure appreciate the time.
1: Our thanks again to Lance Anderson for spending some time with us. And there is no doubt in my mind that that is going to be a very interesting. I feel like I should say that Artie Johnston laughing style. Very interesting. Uh, Side of the ball to watch uh, for Stanford football. Laughing. Look it up, kids. It was actually pretty good uh, TV back in the late 60s. Uh, But appreciative of uh, Lance Anderson's uh, time uh, on the show. Not a lot of depth on the defensive line, but he likes the guys he has. He mentioned Joshua Picola uh, a couple of times uh, throughout that chat. He's very excited about what Pacola appears to be able to bring uh, for Stanford this upcoming season. So, you know, not a lot of depth there, but he likes the guys he has. Hey, it worked in 2015, <laughs> right? <laughs> when Stanford had literally zero depth on the defensive line. And that was before Harrison Phillips went out for the year in the opening game of the season. Cardinal went through that entire year with, what, three, four defensive linemen, tops, And they were able to hang in there. The next thing you knew, Stanford was playing in the Rose Bowl. And Aziz Shatou was was playing his took-us off against the Hawkeyes. So there is precedence there for Stanford to have uh, success up front, even despite a lack of depth. Now, it's obviously not something you want to test every single year. But he likes what he sees up front. Thomas Booker leading the way and Joshua Picola. Uh, a, a guy on the rise. He mentioned Ricky Miazon on a couple of occasions as well. Uh, Nick Toomer uh, was very high on Tristan Sinclair, one of the inside linebackers who we saw at times uh, got his first playing time at UCF uh, last season. And Sinclair apparently impressive with the Zoom meetings. How about that? But if you <laughs> Six months ago, if, if you if, if I'd said that sentence, that someone was impressive with Zoom meetings, I would have said, what? What, 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 what are you talking about? But we are where we are. And Lance Anderson looking forward to seeing Paul Nadebo improve with little things, becoming a more refined player, and a lot of the, the little things that you need at that position. So, uh, good stuff with Lance. With the Lance Anderson is always and whenever I think of whenever I think of Coach Anderson, I always have a flashback uh, to after the Oregon game in 2015, November 2015. You might remember that game. Uh, Vernon Adams for the Ducks. My God, he was frightening. That He was frightening. The quarterback for Oregon who had missed a good chunk of the season uh, for the Ducks that year and, and really caused the caused Oregon season to go into a tailspin that season. But when he returned late in 2015, the Ducks became a threat. And Vernon Adams was just a beast that day. Back and forth game, Oregon won. And... After games, when games are done, when I'm heading downstairs, uh, I leave the the Stanford football radio booth, and I I take the stairs um, on the side of the press box to get down towards the field. And the coaches, sometimes I I bump into the coaches who are coming, coming on their way down. And that happened that night after Stanford lost to Oregon, very close fashion. And I looked at Lance Anderson as he passed by me, as we started to head down the stairwell. And he just kind of, you know, nodded in acknowledgement. And when I looked in his eyes, you know, look, it's college football, right? You lose one game, then it's cause for panic. It's time to throw everything out the window. It's time to, to completely re-examine everything that you thought you knew. Didn't see any panic in Lance Anderson's eyes. Didn't see, you know, that thousand-yard stare or anything like that didn't seem shocked you know he just kind of looked like you know he just got done checking his email or something you know and that demeanor really kind of told me where the team really stood and and really at that point where really i mean look if stanford had beaten oregon that year probably could have been in the college football playoff i'm cool with how the season ended anyway with Chris McCaffrey running rough shot over the Ohio, Iowa Hawkeyes and one of the great performances in Stanford football history individually and as a team. I'm cool with how it ended, so I'm not lamenting anything here. But that was a pretty important result uh, that did not go uh, Stanford's way. But even so, you wouldn't have known it, not from watching Lance Anderson come down those stairs and not from how the rest of the team acted in the immediate aftermath you know, of, of of that game. You know, you expect coaches to, you know, start throwing stuff around at their, at their, their post-game press conferences in situations like that. Nope, not that night. Not that night. No panic from Lance Anderson that evening. And so I kind of take that away with me every time I, I chat with Lance and, and, and hang around him a little bit. So looking forward to seeing what Lance Anderson and the defensive coaching staff, Got to get Dwayne Akina back on the show, the Stanford secondary coach. Got to talk to him at some point um, in the weeks ahead. That's always fun. See what those guys can do to bring back the tree fence. Boy, that would be nice. That would be a big-time development in Stanford's favor. Any reaction to anything, any ground that Coach Anderson and I covered, you want to send it to me personally, the best thing to do is to hit me up on Twitter and send it, with a hashtag TreeCast. Hashtag TreeCast. That's the best way to react to the show and to have me see it. I'm always down for reaction. You've you've got thoughts you want to spread the word uh, to your friendly neighborhood Stanford message board. I highly suggest you do it. Spread the word about the show. Always appreciative of the folks who who have done so to this point. Keep it going. Keep it going. I like what we've done so far and uh, looking forward to uh, keeping it going and getting more and more folks on board With the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. I mean, why wouldn't you want to listen to this show? That'll wrap it up for this episode of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. Special thanks to one and all, our special guest, Lance Anderson, the Willie Shaw Director of Defense. And, of course, to you for checking us out on the show. Don't drink and drive. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet. Be safe. Be healthy. Be kind. We will talk to you next week. See you then on the TreeCast with Troy clarity presented by the believe podcast network.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus,